Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disney Geeks the Pod. I am one of your hosts, Rod, and we are here also with... Carolyn! How's it going, Carolyn? You know, it's been good. I... Well, by the time everyone hears this, I will not have been on vacation, because this is why we're recording it now. (laughs) Um, But I have next week off, and I'm going to Disney for Oogie Boogie, and I'm so excited. There we go. I mean, we're all in the spooky season, which, I mean, ironically leads us to the movie that we're talking about today. Uh, Actually, kind of sort of movies, but mostly one in particular. Yeah, we'll just give our brief thoughts on the second one. But we're going to talk about Hocus Pocus today. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's just perfectly segueing in this like less than a minute intro. What are some of your memories then of Hocus Pocus growing up and all that? Well, so this movie came out in 1993 in July, which always boggles my mind. I'm like, let's release a Halloween movie that is literally set on Halloween in the middle of summer. I don't know who made that decision, but I don't actually think I saw this originally, like when it came out. I think I was either too young or my parents weren't really into Halloween, so we didn't really watch a lot of Halloween movies growing up. So I feel like if I did see it when I was younger, it was like I was at a friend's house. It was like a sleepover. It was like, let's watch Hocus Pocus. So clearly, I don't really, Carolyn doesn't remember those days. <laughs> it's very big. But I do remember when I moved to LA, I think, I feel like I like talked to friends about it and they're like, wait, you've never seen Hocus Pocus? And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't really know. And so I'm like, okay, we are remedying this because it's like one of their favorite movies. So that's kind of like what I remember. And I just immediately like fell in love with it. It's it's so campy and so cheesy and cringy at times, but it is so good. And then I know I've seen it at the uh, El Capitan Theater and have watched it probably every year since but as an adult I very quickly fell in love with all of the characters and the Sanderson sisters and if anyone knows anything about the Enneagrams I think it's hilarious because I am like a seven and Sarah is also a seven and so anytime I watch the movie I'm like gosh is this what my friends feel like when they're out and about with me (laughs) like what about you Rod what do you remember from this movie well, I was way too young when this movie came out. I honestly did not know that it was out in theaters. For some reason, in my mind, I guess because I only ever saw it on Disney Channel growing up, mm-hmm. I swore it was just a DCOM movie. And because it, it's also so short, it also, like, I feel like it was a DCOM movie. But I'm wrong. It also blew my mind that the person who has made Descendants and the High School Musical movies also directed this movie. So but that it makes sense. It does make sense. It makes so much sense, but also is like, wait, what? At the same time. But yeah, we watched it every year growing up. My mom is a big Bette Midler fan, so obviously we watched it. My mom is also a big fan of Sarah Jessica Parker. And just like it was just a big thing all in general of like my mom liked Sister Act, so Kathy and Jimmy. And again, like I said, my mom loved oh no, I can't remember the name of the movie where she, Bette Midler plays. Oh, First Wise Club? No, it's not the comedy one. It's the Wind Beneath My Wings movie. Oh, I don't know the name of that movie, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's like Barbara Hershey and all that stuff. Anyways, so that, and then obviously First Wives Club, which then boggled my mind that Sarah Jessica Parker was also in that movie too. I know. So, so, yeah, just 
all around, we watched that movie a lot. My mom also has an affinity for, like, witchy stuff, which also, like, got me into witchy stuff, because then that went on a whole trail down me watching Charmed and The Vampire Diaries and, like, all, all the witchy things. But yes, um, I love this movie. Uh, you are 100% correct. It is very cringy at times. Um, there are moments of just, like, what is this? But... It's also great and amazing at the same time that Disney not only put out a movie that was about witches in a like spooky way, but also it's a movie that Disney made that says like, hi, we are these three witches that are going to suck the lives out of children and basically murder them. But it's fun because we're like fun and kooky witches, even though in reality, they're like scary as all heck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. (laughs) They're definitely... I mean, this is like the 90s. I feel like like a lot of questionable stuff got made in the 90s that we look back on and we're like, one, why were we allowed to watch this? And two, this would never get made like nowadays. (laughs) Honestly, yes. Like side note, it's completely not Disney, but like the fact that I loved Mrs. Doubtfire as a child and I'm like, this is a very sad movie. Like, so sad. I say, but everyone... Just welcome to our side road conversation of the week. But I think because Robin Williams is like known as like he's he always is comedic. Not always. He does some very dark, interesting roles. But because he like plays the genie and he's like fun and lighthearted and Mrs. Doubtfire has those scenes. I think everyone forgets that it really is like a it is a kind of a sad, serious movie overall. It really, really is. I actually um, did a podcast for my brother like a couple years ago where we discussed that movie and we just talked about how sad it was and how I realized it was not not as kid-friendly as you think it would be. Much like this movie at times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's definitely things in this. You're like, oh, wow. I never would have realized that as a, as a child. How interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, how, What? what's our... Well, I say, what do we want to use as our rating system? This is just one movie, so uh, do, do we want cauldrons? Yeah, I was gonna say we could do cauldrons or black candles. Ooh, you know what? Let's do some black flame candles because we'll get into that when we get to Hocus Pocus too. Because apparently, we could have more than one. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So technically, we are rating two. So for Hocus Pocus, based on my memories, I'm gonna give it a eight black flame candles out of ten. And you know what? I think I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go with the same the same amount, eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's let's jump into this. So our movie starts uh, back in oh my gosh, 1693 Salem, um, Massachusetts, where Thackeray Banks, which okay, it's gonna get this out of the way for the longest time. I didn't realize his name was Thackeray. I thought it was Zachary Binks when mm-hmm. I like first saw this movie. <laughs> okay, I'm not the only okay. one. We, we all, oh, everybody did. Everyone was like, well, because you heard Zachary for a while. And then I feel like they went back and forth because sometimes you hear Zachary. Sometimes you hear Thackeray. And I'm like, who? Did someone have a lisp? Like, what happened? And yeah. then you get to the end and they're like, it's Thackeray. I was like, where have I ever, ever ever in any colonial anything have you ever heard thackeray i mean did you live in the colonial times you don't know what they named people um i have a degree in history (laughs) ma'am 
I okay, it's my mission now. I'm gonna find someone <laughs> that is named Thackeray somewhere in the nineteenth. Well, I mean, okay, let me take it back. There are probably people that have that name, but it's just like me where I can't find anybody else with my name. So I mean <laughs> it's uh it's just again, it's a name that like where they must have been like let's find a really really weird colonial name but we're gonna dig way deep they must have like gone to like some encyclopedia because the internet was not really a thing then either yet so yeah no they they were looking at some like old but it's also really funny because his name's like thackeray and then his sister's name's emily yeah emily Emily makes sense at the time thackeray does not but fine it's fine fine. yeah no i'm just more it's like he has such an interesting name and then his parents were like we give up her name's emily and they're like, we're going to be really creative for our firstborn. Emily, Emily's all the rage right now. <laughs> I know. I say Emily's always been a very popular name. But back to our story. Thackeray Binks is awakened with his little sister, Emily, being whisked away into the woods by the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary. And I, I just have to say, he's the most dramatic when the guy's like, oh no, she's going up into the woods. She's like, fetch my father. (laughs) Holy cow. That was like, I get you wanted to go get your dad, but that was just like, he like, he like, he committed to that level of like drama, you know? You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. If we have not been in those situations where our sister has been dragged off by uh, children eating witches. So until we know, we don't know what our dramatic, dramatic people would be like. Okay, but also, if they knew that they lived in the woods, why wouldn't they have done something about them sooner instead of just waiting for them to, like, steal their children? I mean, we saw what happened in the the thing in Hocus Pocus, too, so clearly we have a reason why. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, our, we're just going to call him Binks because Thackeray is just too much of a mouthful to say. Uh, so, they, and that's what they call him, him when he's a cat, so... Um, Spoiler, he becomes a cat. <laughs> so Binks confronts the witches, but fails to save Emily, and her life force is drained because they make a potion that one they want to keep themselves looking young and beautiful forever. So when we see them, they have like just the best makeup, making them look old, and it sets their dynamic up like right away. Winifred is clearly the leader, Mary is her helper, and Sarah is just chaos. And so Binks is, he's like, no, you can't, you can't kill my sister, but they do it anyways. And they're like, well, if we brew more potion and lure more children here, then we will be young and beautiful forever. So they transform Binks into a cat. So he can't say anything or warn anyone. Cause he's like, I'm going to go tell everyone that you're here and you're doing this. And they're like, no, that's not happening. But because his wonderful friend went and alerted the townsfolk, I didn't realize his friend had a name, but clearly his friend's name is Elijah. And so they all show up and are like, you're witches, so we're going to hang you. But before that happens, Winifred is able to use her, her, I didn't say the word, use (laughs) her spell book, which they call the book. Uh, He doesn't have a name. He's just called the book. And 
it flips open to a page where she is able to cast a spell that says the witches, the sisters will be resurrected on All Hallows Eve um, when a virgin lights the black flame candle in their cottage. So they are hanged and die and have this this threat looming and Binks decides that he is going to guard the cottage so no one can bring the witches back to life which spoiler he fails um but also it made me so sad that his family like didn't want to have a little kitty cat like his I mean even if you didn't know it was your son like why would you, you just kick the little cat away he's clearly wants to go home with you well remember everybody's superstitious so even back then a superstition was like black cats are bad omens so that's probably why is they're like we don't want a black cat around they're bad luck okay i get that but maybe i just like animals too much i mean i love i had a black cat growing up so like and i wanted him specifically because of the binks thing and because like black cats are just cool in general but like yeah i agree they shouldn't have done that but also okay so i realized they do it's like literally a split second he does call him elijah he's like elijah have you seen thy brother or thy sister Emily? He's like the woods, and so like so they have that quick moment, and then I just had a realization, and I've never had this realization before. If we, I'm skipping way ahead, but if like Winifred was going to use Max Max's life force at the end of the movie, why didn't they just keep Banks locked up and then use him when they make the potion? And then just kill him instead of turning him into a cat. I don't know. Like, because... I know it helps the story. We wouldn't have one, but still. Because no one in the writer's room pointed that out. Uh, But I have had that thought where, like... Because, yeah, later in the film, they have um, Ice and... What's the other kid's name? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, He says... I was going to say Ice and Eddie, but that's the same person. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What does he say? Well, but they have them in the cage. Uh, I'm sure his yeah. name will come up in a minute when I'm reading through the, the plot. But, yeah, they have them in the cage. So, clearly, it doesn't matter, like, the age of the child. I'm assuming they just have to be, like, under 18. But maybe maybe the idea is it's, like, the younger the child, the more beautiful you get. I don't, I don't know. Or the longer the potion works or something. I don't know. Yeah, but then they're, like... They're like, if we get enough, then we'll live forever. So that part of it really isn't that well explained, but yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's all good. So then we fast forward three centuries later. It is October 31st, 1993. And we meet our hero of the story, Max Dennison. So he is very much like, I don't believe in this like hocus pocus stuff. And his teachers and classmates are like, like whatever, Mr. California, because they just moved to Salem from California. So he's like the the new, he tries to be cool, but he's not cool. No, well, you're just a jerk, dude. <laughs> like you're really just a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, so the teacher's explaining all this to the class, and he's like, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. And then, of course, the pretty girl goes and gives us our exposition on the whole story. And he's like, ooh, I like you. Here's my number. And you're like, oh, you're so uncool, dude. 
Like, I don't even know why he would think that work. He's like, I'm going to be a jerk, but you know what? Here's my number anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but then she, like, completely serves it back to him and just gives him his number back, which was, <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> she's, honestly, she's she's a true hero of this story. I love Allison, our little white witch. But, yeah, they have, like, their, you know, oh, like, you know, why don't you like Halloween? And it's a big thing here. And everyone knows about the Sanderson sisters and that they've been here. It's like the the curse or whatever. Um, and so, uh, you know, we kind of follow Max around. He gets bullied by Ice and I need to find this other kid's name. It's going to bother me that, I, that, I'm, that I'm not remember it. Uh, oh, is it Eddie? Jay. It's Jay and Ice. Jay there you Ice. go. Jay. I was like, it was so, such, I was like, it's such like a, it was a very 90s, like whatever name. Yeah. So they're like the, they stop them in the graveyard. Like, do you have smokes? You don't have smokes. Oh, in California, you guys don't do stuff like that. They're like, well, what can we take? So they take his shoes and Max goes home and is nudie and doesn't want to go trick or treating. But his little sister, Danny, who loves Halloween is like, no, you're coming with me. We're going trick or treating. And she's just amazing. I love her too. I hate the scream. The scream. I always cover my ears. I hate when she screams for her mom. Like I get it, but still, it drives me up the walls every single time. <laughs> she's a little dr- over dramatic, but <laughs> she. Like, hey, it's fine. Yeah, she's like, it's all good. So they go trick or treating, and of course, they run into Jay and Ernie and. You know, Danny just like runs her mouth, and Max is like, Oh, you embarrassed me in front of these guys. Like, what? Oh my God, it was so dumb. Okay, so a couple things with this. First, when he's like, What are you? He says, I'm a rapper. And he's like, Okay, well, now I have to turn your hat sideways in order for this to work. And then the later, she says that he's a little leaguer, which. That, I never, it took like a couple years for me to hear her say little leaguer. I thought she said that he was a little eager. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get this. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why is she saying like, for your information, he's a little eager. Eager for what? And that's why I was so confused for the longest time. I was like, what is he eager for? Eager for Allison. Uh, 100%. The yabos. <laughs> Which, okay. They had to have cut a scene somewhere in this part where he says that because there's zero there's zero reference when Danny says it later. And so I I feel like they filmed a scene and they either like didn't realize like the continuity was a little off, but I was like he never actually he never actually says it in the movie. He doesn't, you are correct. But what I assume is because we have that scene before she comes out of the closet to scare him that he's doing that weird, like, oh, Allison. It is better, yeah. which I'm like, that's also very weird. Um, but I'm assuming he must have done that enough times and she's overheard him that he must have talked about it behind closed doors. Uh, I guess we don't really know, because it doesn't seem like they've been there for that long. So, because they really make it seem like he, like, kind of just met Allison. Yeah. And, like, and, like, I feel like they, like, definitely probably filmed more of that. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> That really part, awkward. and then I feel like they probably cut it because they're like, "Ooh, this is a little weird." But then they just didn't correct the dialogue later. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to it a little bit later. But I've realized because I heard on another podcast where they discussed this movie, 
they're 100% right that there's one thing that they hark on this movie that's very uncomfortable. But we'll talk about it when we get there in like a, a couple more scenes. <laughs> I say, I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah, so they are trick or treating, and Danny gets upset because Max got upset because he was trying to be cool. And he's like, no, no. He's like, you're my favorite, basically. And then everything is fine because they're brother and sister and they they love each other. Um, But then they uh, go trick-or-treating to this very big fancy house, which they just decide to walk right in. (laughs) Oh, back in the 90s, we could just walk into houses on Halloween. Like, (laughs) Because their lights were on. The front porch was on. It was fine. Yeah, the door was unlocked. It's all good. Uh, but they see the big bowl of candy on the table, and they're like, oh my gosh, jackpot, this is amazing. And of course, it is Allison's house, and her family does a big themed party every year, but basically she still has to dress up and hand out candy. So this is our scene where they're like talking about the Sanderson sisters, and she's like, oh yeah, my mom used to like run basically the kind of tours or whatever that they had at the old Sanderson cottage, but it was really spooky and creepy. So they shut it down and, you know, no one goes there anymore. And then Max, of course, is like, well, why don't we go check it out? And Dan is like, no, it's scary. And he's like, I'll do whatever you want. Just let me do this. And this is also the uncomfortable Yabos scene. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, he talks you all the time. I forgot. I forgot how the light goes. Well, yeah, no, because she was complimenting her costume, and she's like, uh, I don't, she's like, I don't think I can pull it off, basically, because I don't have, what do you call, what do you call them, Max? Yabos. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's the, it's the almost spitting on his drink, and I love that he just, like, does the whole wide eyes at his sister, but, like, smiles at Allison, like, oh, she's so crazy, but, like, oh, my God, I'm gonna murder you in your sleep. Oh, my God, <laughs> Allison, you're so hilarious. Yeah, like, like kids, the stuff they come up with. <laughs> so, yeah, Allison's like, I'm going to go change. And Max is like, look, if you come to the haunted, the Sanderson house with with us, Danny, because she's like, no, I'm going to go trick-or-treating still. And he's like, no, if you do this, I will, like, do whatever you want. And she's like, fine. Like, we're going to do a sibling costume. Oh, they said... They said we're going to be Peter Pan and Tinkerbell and you have to wear the tights. And he said no. And she's like, then I'm not going. And he's like, fine. (laughs) Oh, okay. Fine. Whatever. So they traipse to the Sanderson sisters house and, you know, look around the books there in the case. It's a very spooky abandoned museum full of cobwebs. And I'm sure a bunch of creepy crawly things. But then Max makes the dumb move that he is going to light the black flame candle because he's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. <laughs> he's like, let's light this sucker and see if they come back. And we're, you're like, don't. Do it, idiot. Even the girls are like, no, let's like, let's not do this. And he's like, what? It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And then the Sanderson sisters <laughs> make their glorious... Glorious arrival. I do really love how they brought them back. Like just making it be like something crazy is happening. We don't know, like, because you think they're going to come from the floors or you think they're going to just like appear out of whatever. And then they just open the door and then they just silhouettes. It's so good. Yeah. So they come back and they're like, someone lit the black flame candle. Who could be so stupid? Well, clearly 
Max Stemison, who's trying to impress a girl. Yes. <laughs> but they, because everyone is now kind of hiding in the cottage, they are like, we smell children. So they find Danny and try to suck out her soul. But Max comes to her rescue and there's a whole bunch of hijinks that happen because Winifred uses her like magic on all of them. But then uh, Binks shows up and is like, you know, you need to get the spell book. And they're like a talking cat. What is this? And then Max uses uh, the lighter that he has to turn on the sprinklers and convinces the witches. The burning that, rain of death. The burning rain of death and that they're going to die. And so they freak out and Max and everyone steals the spell book and they get out of there. They run to a graveyard because they realize that with, uh, I think Binks tells them that witches can't go on hollowed ground, which is graveyard, yes. the graveyard. So that's why they go to the graveyard because that's where one place that they know that they'll be safe. So a lot happens with this. The first thing, which becomes a running theme of the entire movie. And I didn't realize how problematic it was until I heard this podcast is about how they hark on the fact that Max is a virgin. Yeah. Like, they talk about it so much. I'm like, okay, the dude is what? Maybe 16, 17? Like, give or take? I'm going to say more 16 than 17. Yeah, I would probably say between 15 and 17. And, like, okay, we all know, like, nowadays, like, that, like, people, I don't say glorify, but, like, it's a lot more shown in mainstream media that teenagers have that all the time. But like, come on, this is a Disney movie. And like it, like the point of it in general is like, okay, cool. He's a kid that lit it. So clearly that's what's going to happen. But the fact that they just keep, they keep harking on it. No, they definitely do. It's like, he like, it's like a joke that they keep because it always likes coming back. They're like a virgin lit the candle. And he's like, Oh, I know. Like, he's like, gonna, like later he goes, like, I'll get a tattoo to my face. And I'm like, really? Like we don't, we, we get it. And so like, that was like, it, 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 it was like a small joke. It's like when they think, well, who lit the black flame candle? And daddy is like, it is I who brought you back. And Winifred just goes, a child. Imagine. And I'm like, okay, like, she's like, clearly makes sense. A child lit it. So that's why we're back. But like, but other than that, I'm like, we don't, we don't need it. It also, the other thing that bothers me a little bit, which is going to get into the, like, when we discuss the second movie later, is they do say that the book is made out of the skin of her enemies, of Winifred's enemies. So clearly that's not true when we get to the second but I'm just going to toss that out there that they do say that line. I completely missed that line. So will we can talk about when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of chaos. And uh, I, say, I feel like it's just the movie now kind of bounces back and forth between our Max and Allison and Danny and Binks all trying to stop the witches from getting children to take their life force and then the witches basically being dropped 300 years in the future and being like what is happening like everything is so crazy but the witches realize that max was not not being honest about the burning rain of death and they're like it's water you idiots like we're fine so they run out (laughs) 
And I just love some of this stuff, like with the paved road where they're like, what is that? And it's like, they push, they push Sarah onto it. And it's like, oh, it's solid. Like we can walk on this. And then they get freaked out by literally just the world 300 years later. And I'll like the sounds, but then they're like, well, we need to go find them because they have our spell book. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to remember the recipe because they didn't they didn't remember it at all from from scratch so they get on their brooms and fly over the cemetery which is where the i i feel like i need like a name to call them because i don't want to call them by all the individual names but our heroes are (laughs) getting a kind of lesson from binks again about the witches and how he is still alive and it's because he was cursed and he was like well since you know i kind of watched my family basically all of his family die over the years. He's like, I made it my mission to protect, you know, the cottage and not let the candle be lit, which Binks failed horribly. He really could have tried a lot harder to not make, not let it happen. But then we wouldn't have a story, so. No, I mean, he did, he jumped on them a few times and Max threw Binks a bunch and, you know, he tried. He's just, he's just a little cat. He can only do so much. But he could have, he could have said something. He has a voice. That would have stopped him. See, now it makes me wonder, was he always able to talk or was he only able to talk because the witches came back? Oh. Because he didn't talk beforehand. You're right. He didn't. Mm, Maybe that is why he's able to. They don't really explain that, but that would make a lot of sense. Okay. I rescind my last comment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I didn't have that realization until now. So you know what? You can have both. You can have both feelings. (laughs) I was like, why didn't he just say, don't light the candle? The witches will come back if you're a virgin. But I'm like, oh, if he couldn't have said that, then yeah, that makes that makes sense. So when they're at the cemetery, Winifred is like, oh, we can't get at you, but I can bring someone back who does. So she resurrects her... <laughs> Her unfaithful lover, Billy Butcherson, from the grave. So he is now a zombie and sends him after the children. And so he chases them through the sewers and the witches are trying to find children across the town because that's what they need, obviously, to stay alive. So uh, they use Mary's sense of smell to do that. They experience their first bus ride another another inappropriate moment that i didn't get until way later in life yeah no i would say they got a creepy bus driver we desire children may take me a couple of tries but i'm just like oh no i I didn't didn't get it and then i'm like because my dad was a bus driver like while i grew up and i'm like my dad would never have been like hey pretty lady just sit on my lap while we drive like that's not how that works at all because there's cameras in those buses he's that bus driver's gonna get back to the station his supervisor's gonna be like what the heck was that he doesn't he doesn't care it's it's halloween anything goes i don't know i guess so but Jeez Louise. Yeah, I I know. So they are everyone's kind of like running around town. So the sisters are trying to find children and they really need to find children because this spell only brings them back for Halloween. So they need to get at least one child to suck the life out of before the sun rises, or they will 
turn back into dust. So we have a ticking time clock on this evening for them. So the Halloween costumes confuse them. And they're basically trying to, because they have to find the book too. So they're trying to find children. They're trying to find the book. And Max and Danny and Allison and Binks, they are trying to find adults to help them. I, I don't really know what they think the adults are going to do, but they try and tell a policeman about the Sanderson sisters, and he's just a guy that's dressed up as a cop. And then they're like, well, we can tell our parents. So then they go to the school where their parents are at a Halloween party, and they're like, our parents will do something. They don't really do anything, but then the witches follow them there and cast a spell over everyone because you can't have Bette Mittler in a movie and not have her sing a song, which is, I love this scene. <laughs> It's it's great. The well, so like you said, there's so much that happens in that like that part that leads up to that. Because we also get the scene where they think that they found the devil who's their master, and mm -hmm. that's Gary Marshall. Who, if you don't know who Gary Marshall is, not you, but just like people in general, he's the one that made the Princess Diaries movies. He made a few other couple of other movies, but mostly Disney. And it's also really weird because I only found that out from my mom that his wife is actually his sister. So like, oh, cool. So we're having a weird like husband and wife scene with siblings. Awesome. That's also when they, there was another thing that happens in there too. Oh, that's when we also heard that's about the calming circle, but you're also correct that the, the brooms get taken away from them as well. So that's why they're running all over the place. But yes, the scene that... I don't know why, like, there's some moments in this movie that make me, like, anxious for the kids. So, like, when Max is like, dude, I'm serious, the witches are back. Like, it just, it cringes at me when he's, like, on stage. He's like, your children are in danger. And then they, like, Winifred just makes it seem like, oh, my God, we're so glamorous that you've, like, given us this great introduction to just, like, come on stage and take over the show. And put your parents under a spell where they'll dance, dance, dance themselves to death. You dance until they die. Dance until they die. <laughs> yeah, so they basically run around the town. And then uh, I can't remember when they, when they get the brilliant idea to trap them in a kiln and burn them alive. So two things. One, backwards. For like two seconds. I didn't know that the mom's outfit was like a famous Madonna outfit because I'm not a Madonna person. So she's like, I'm Madonna. I was like, okay, I guess so because you got a blonde wig and you have like an outlandish outfit. But I, I guess. So like, I also like, I don't know about you, but I don't know how you would feel about seeing your mother dressed like that and be like, I guess I'm okay with my mother dressing like this for like, like, especially when I'm like eight or nine or 10. And especially if I was 16, I'd be like, Mom, what are you doing? But um, it's after they run outside of the um, city hall because they're dancing at city hall. Yeah. Um, they go hide in the alleyway, and Allison accidentally like yeah, that was right. like the sees the oven, and she's like, "Ooh, I have an idea." It's like Hansel and Gretel, just like push the witch in. And... Yes, which they're in the they're in a is it like the pottery like class that they're doing that in? Yeah. So they go to their school and lure the witches into the pottery kiln and burn them alive. And they think that they have uh, won and, you know, broken the, the witch's curse. And so they're like, yay, we get to go home. And Binks is like, well, I guess I shall leave you. And they're like, no, Binks, you're coming home with us. And our family is going to have you forever and ever and ever and ever, which is just like, it's like cute. It is pretty cute. Because I'm like, I can see Danny being like, you passed on the story like year after year. And since he's a talking cat that like clearly he'd be like, yeah, 
the, your like great 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 grandmother saved me when the witches came back for that one night. So like that, yeah. that's pretty cute. So it's a nice sentiment. It's like a cute little story, and then Max and Allison are like having a moment, which also I don't know how they were sleeping on those stairs because no one. No one in existence would be able to sleep in the position that, like, he, one that he's in, and then she maybe because she's like kind of propped up against him. But I was like, no. <laughs> he probably put up with it being like the pretty girl sleeping on me, so I'm just gonna like sleep in discomfort somehow. I'm gonna pretend to be asleep. Yep, pretend to be asleep and be like, <laughs> I'm just gonna hold her for as long as I can because the pretty girl's here. Yeah. And she, I think they think she likes me. So they're like, well, we're going to let Danny sleep. And we're going to, oh, they're like, no, we're going to open the book because there has to be something about turning Binks back into, you know, like a real boy or something. Basically, they want to see if they can reverse the curse. And then the book sends up a big old light, which um, at this point, the Sanderson sisters, they have been revived because of their curse and they have traipsed back to their cottage and kind of accepted that they're going to turn to dust in a little while. So because they had the brilliant idea of opening said book, shoots a light up in the sky and Winderfriend is like, I need to go look at this world one last time. And of course they see the light before Binks tells Allison and Max that they're idiots for opening the book, which is probably one of my favorites because the CGI it obviously is clearly really old cgi and so when binks like bats at them he like literally just like does this at their face and it <laughs> and he's like stop no and so like there's any time i watch this movie i always text one of my friends and i'm like i'm at the point where binks is doing that and we just always laugh it's like a running joke we have because it's just so ridiculous stop and it's like and it's the weird like noise that goes it's the noise that goes with it too yeah, it's so it's so bad. So uh, the Sanderson sisters are now back on the hunt. They know where the book is, so they're coming to get it. And Max and Danny, not Max and Danny, Max and Allison go downstairs. And they're like, well, a salt circle, because they did read that in the book, will keep you safe from witches, basically. So like, let's get some salt. But we're going to leave Danny and the book up in the room by themselves. And then... They find some salt and they have a moment and they almost kiss, which is, <laughs> I realized they never actually kiss in this movie. I was like, I don't I know. know. I, I was like, he, he, he doesn't even get a kiss for all, all his troubles. It's because he was a jerk at the beginning of the movie. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Yes. That must be it. But <laughs> they are interrupted by a bump, uh, loud noises upstairs. So they run up and are surprised by the witches who have captured Danny and Binks and now have their book. And they're going to go back to their cottage to suck the life out of her. So on their way, they're like, Sarah, do your thing. Sing and bring the children to us. So Sarah sings over the town and the children are coming, which I also don't know why this doesn't affect Max and Allison. Yeah, I don't know why either. I mean, they do hear it, but I don't know why it doesn't like put them in a trance. Yeah, it's very, very weird. But uh, the witches are back at the cabin, and they're like, the children are coming, and Winifred is brewing up the potion and trying to give it to Danny. 
but uh, Danny is like, no, I'm not going to do this, um, and tries not to drink it. And then Max and Allison come to her rescue by pretending it is Dawn, and the Sanderson sisters fall for it. And so they he kicks the cauldron and spills out all of the, the potion. So they only have a very tiny amount left. And uh, the sisters are like, oh, well, why don't we just use the children that we have here? There's literally a front lawn full of them. And Winifred is like, no, I want that little, you know, that little one. I'm going to say, she called me ugly. This is the best she said, she called me ugly. No! Like that whole scene of her just like, you really upset me. <laughs> I think I think I'll want when she says I think I'll get her on toast. Yeah, I say because Danny was like, it doesn't matter how beautiful you are on the outside, you'll still be ugly because of your insides. Such a good little line. So she is convinced that she needs to have Danny or no one else, and. Max and Allison and Danny and Binks all run back to the cemetery because, again, that is where the witches cannot set foot on. So they get there and run into Billy, who has also been chasing them. And he, I love this part too. <laughs> he, like, you think that he's on the side of the witches, but then he cuts the stitching that is on his mouth and just, like, unloads on Winifred. And you're like, Billy is on our side. He's been on our side the whole time. Well, I don't know that they were like the bugs that come out of his mouth were real. Yeah, they stuck like, them in there. I was like, ha, ha. like I nope, nope. Like, yeah, no. no, thank you. Yeah, I guess they had like a little like air balloon in there, and they like they would like stuff everything in, and he would like keep his mouth shut, and then like open it for the take. So so good, but. They now have Billy on their side, and we have kind of reached our final showdown of the movie where the witches are flying around the cemetery trying to get Danny, who they have put into a grave um, with a salt circle around, which again, I understand that she's trying to be helpful when Billy loses his head at this point in the movie, but girl, just stay, just stay in the salt circle. Like, it's not that hard. It's not, but then we also wouldn't have had the almost sacrifice that happened with Max. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Ugh. So, uh, because she stepped out of the salt circle, Winifred is able to grab her, and there's, like, everyone's trying to get the vial of potion, so the witches can't do it, you know, can't suck out Danny's soul, which it's gets knocked out of Winifred's hand while she is trying to give it to Danny and Max being so selfless and heroic drinks it himself. So if the witch cannot suck out Danny's soul, so she's like, fine, I guess I will take you. And so as Winifred is trying to suck out Max's soul, the sun begins to rise and all of the witches go away because they uh they turn to dust and turn to stone because Winnie falls off of her broom and lands on hollow ground. Yeah, because I was like, I was hoping that that's what happened. Because like at first I was like, well maybe she just like turned to dust. So I'm like, okay. Because like I always kept trying to struggle with like she was able to be on the ground for like a good couple of like like almost a minute. So like I would have thought that it would have been a little bit more immediate than that. Than it just like oh. She, like, has touched it. Because then I was like, wait, she's not supposed to step on this thing. So why is she able to, like, crawl around for a minute? But it does make sense that she turns this down. 
Yeah, I don't think it's like instantaneous. I don't know. It, I haven't seen it happen in many other movies, so I don't have a lot of like yeah. context for how quickly it should happen. But I feel like it makes sense that it's not like a hundred percent like immediate type thing, like that it would be like you touch yeah, for and sure. then it's like because like what if you just like touched your foot, like like touched a toe. And then it's like, but then you don't touch it again. So maybe it's like, you do have to kind of be on it for a period of time before whatever magics decide that you get to turn to stone now. But then she also turns to dust because her statue explodes. So our heroes have beat the witches. But in this shuffle, Binks, who was trying to protect Danny, was mortally injured wounded and well and now the curse is over too because the witches um came back and then didn't didn't survive so while our lovely little binksy cat is no more we get the reappearance of of thackeray binks at the very end of the movie to be like it's okay danny i get to go join emily now uh and live with my family and the great hereafter or whatever you want to call it. I don't I don't know where they live. They like walk through these like gates that I don't really know where they go. But basically like he's like, You are very special to me and now you can get you you get to go live your life. And that they're also like that whole thing is a little weird too, him and Danny. Yeah. He's like, I will always be with you. I was like, no no no. Teenager to like eight year olds. Like nope, 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 nope. We're not we're not perpetuating that. No thank you. No. <laughs> no 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 we don't need this to be weird but that's actually like where it ends like binks is free from his curse the witches are dead danny and max are i don't know bestest brother and sister max might get the girl i don't know i feel like he'll become really clingy and allison isn't gonna put up with that so (laughs) they probably were like a cute couple for like a year or so and they realized that it just wasn't gonna work out yeah yeah, 100%. But, but I think the thing that I liked about this movie, like, as I keep looking back on it, is it's more, it's very, like, as much as it's supposed to be a kid's movie, it is, like, set up like a horror movie where you don't really get a conclusion. You just get, oh, the bad guys that are in the horror movie, like, the the ones that are trying to go after everybody is gone and roll credits. Yeah. So, like, it's, I th- like, that's what I think about this is, like, yeah, there's like plot holes and all that, but like there's always plot holes in horror movies. And I think this is just like a kid's version of a horror movie that's just very, very funny. Yeah, no, but there's, there's definitely parts of this where it is kind of like spooky and scary. And the witches, while they are funny, are like pretty terrifying sometimes. Yes. Like the, oh my gosh, the jump scare that happens when Danny gets kidnapped and Sarah just like jumps out of the covers. I'm like, ha, okay. Or, um, I mean, Billy Butcherson for a while. Yeah, but some some of the stuff they did at the beginning where it's, like, something's, like, following you and, like, watching you. It's, like, with Danny in the closet at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then with, like, Binks the first time where they're in the cottage and it's kind of, like, looking through the window. Like, you can definitely tell that, yeah, it had some horror-inspired things. I had another thought. Oh, I say, wait, you're saying that most horror movies are not, like, cinematic masterpieces? Um, <laughs> you know, um, as much as people like to make them out to be, I've seen plenty of horror movie where I'm like, what? <laughs> this is, what is this? Like, I just, and then there's like no payoff in the end. So it's just like, okay, like we just. 
there's never any payoff. It's literally like you have the final girl and maybe the final guy. And sometimes it's like, are they siblings? They could be siblings. Or it's like, they were the people who weren't in the relationship at the beginning of the scary movie. But now because of what they've been through, they're like a thing. Yes. Like I just, uh, I've seen maybe a handful of horror movies because horror is just not my genre that I enjoy. But like it, I don't know. I just, I don't see the appeal. Like I just, I don't. I don't see the appeal. I think that's also why I get frustrated with, I know we're jumping all over the place. We're talking about Hocus Pocus, but like, I think that's why I also get annoyed with American horror story. Cause most of the time there's never any good payoff. And I'm like, but you're a show. There's a difference between a movie being a horror genre and not every season of American horror story gives you the payoff that you think is going to happen. So, you know, yeah, like I think that's a Ryan Murphy flaw. Oh, that's all, that is a 100% Ryan Murphy flaw. Like Glee. Actually, no, I see that back. Glee, like, had somewhat of a payoff in the end. Like it did wrap up pretty nicely, but that that's also because he was forced. He was forced to have a wrap up. They said, you're getting 13 episodes left of Glee for season six. And that's all you get. They're like, you're done. Yeah, I know. I joke. It's like a joke about American Horror Story will outlive Ryan Murphy because it just never seems like it's going to end. So, but also with Glee, I actually didn't finish Glee because when Finn died, I was like, I, I don't have, I can't, I can't go on without him. You had a, you had a, basically a season left when that happened. No, I, it, it hurt too much. It hurt too much. <laughs> and I didn't even like Finn that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh uh, yeah, I would say this definitely, <laughs> I, I love this movie, but there are just so many things when I watch it that I'm like, oh my gosh, I I actually can't. But I think the thing, I think why this film, even though it has so many of those like cringy moments or moments where you're like, oh, that just did not age well. I think like the Sanderson sisters are what really make this movie and keep people coming back to it. Like it doesn't matter how many times I watch it, just them and their interactions and their band and just how they are. I just, I love it so much that I just, I like will ignore everything else that is wrong with this movie. Yes. And honestly, that's like, no one ever talks about like, Ooh, I want to be Allison or Ooh, I want to be Danny or Max. Like it is always Binks and the Sanderson sisters. And that's really all that you need for this movie. And I think that's, well, I don't know how we're going to transition into it, but like when we get to Hocus Pocus 2, I think that's kind of the same thing as like the Sanderson sisters is what souls or sells both of these movies. Yeah, I definitely agree. I guess we can talk about like things that we like liked because we're kind of on that right now. So I definitely like, like we said, the Sanderson sisters, I just, they're so, they're so, I just, I just laugh at them. And then... <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines is when Winifred is like, what did I do to get, you know, cursed with such like with these sisters, basically. And Sarah's just like, well, you're just lucky, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably one of my like favorite lines. And I think because like, I see a lot of myself in Sarah with just like how she is. Like, I just just love it so much because that is 100% something that I would say, just like completely oblivious to the point that someone is actually trying to make. And I'd be like, well, you're just lucky, I guess. I just, uh, the thing with me is I can see like, it was actually really funny. The friend group that I have here in Florida, the three of us were like, so if we're the, like, who's who in the Sanderson sisters? 
And we were trying to figure it out. And so it was between my, uh, myself, my friend Lisa, and my friend Andrew. And he's like, am I Sarah because I'm the blonde one? And we're like, no, you're Sarah because you're like, so you like, you have like these fantastical ways of like viewing life. So you're just going to be Sarah. And so then my friend Lisa and I were fighting over who was going to be Winifred. I was like, listen, we both know that I can be the really like aggressive one. So I'm Winifred and you're the one that likes to crack the jokes all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, I get to be the, I'm always the aggressive one and you're the one that's like supporting me in my aggression. So you are 100% Mary and not in a bad way. <laughs> like let's form a calming circle. <laughs> yes. So like, like the big one too is like, uh, as a teacher, it like the one scene in particular, like I didn't get it until as I'm like in this career where she's like explaining everything explicitly. She's like, we need to brew the potion, get the children and suck the lives of the sale by sunrise. Otherwise we are dead. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they're like, do what? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, that's me as a teacher all the time. I'm like, I gave it very, very specifically. I gave you exactly what I needed. And I did not, I did not make it complicated. And you're like, wait, what do we do? Wait, where am I going? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, why? Why? I say, but you guys need the Sarahs in your life to keep things interesting. I always tell people that because you know how I can be sometimes. If I turn my brain off, it's like officially like donezo. And I'm just living my best life. So I'm like, I always tell people, I'm like, if, if I was not in your life, just think about how boring it would be. Like, you wouldn't have all these fun, random things that, like, happen or, you know, have me to just do something that's completely off the wall. And you're like, why? Why? And I'm like, I don't know, because I felt like it. Like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, yeah, I, I just, like I said, I enjoy just the Sanderson sisters. They're what make these, like, this movie and the next one, like, they're, I don't know how they got, they struck gold with these three, because you would never think to put those three together. Mm -hmm. Like, with, like, just how vast, how, or sorry, how different all their careers are, you would never think to put those three together. And it just, it just works so well. Yeah, and I remember, I can't remember what I watched, but I was watching something where they specifically talked about, like, how when they put on the costumes and the makeup, they all looked like Sarah's probably the one who looked closest to maybe how she looked in real life. But like Bette Mittler looks just so different that it's like, they just kind of became those characters. And they talked about like how freeing that was for them to just kind of like, they would just like experiment and do things. And it's like, well, what would these like zany witches be doing? And that, that like where they uh, link arms and like walk, like that was something that I think they made up like that day when they were filming and like Kenny was like, that's amazing. Like that's like, so like just perfect. And I just, I think, I, I think you can definitely see how that like translates into the film. And I think that's why this film has had like the tenure that it has because it a hundred percent bombed when it came out. Yeah. Um, and it has kind of become this like cult, cult classic uh, film. But was there anything that you didn't like about the movie? We just need to stop we need to stop sexualizing children like that's the only thing like everything else is fine we can handle the cringe moments we can handle like the weird 
whatever Max being a jerk in the beginning of the movie. Like, I'm fine with that. But now that that has been, it's one of those, like, someone broke the rose-colored glasses. And so, like, once I've had that realization, like, I knew it was there. I just, like, didn't put two and two together. And now that, like, my brain has made the connection, I can't unsee it, and it drives me so that's my that's my only complaint. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, I won't even complain about things like the CGI in this movie because it's a '90s movie. Like, it just yeah. it just is what it is. But yeah, I think some of those things where the references don't always <laughs> they didn't age well. So you're just like, mm. no. I wish I could just like remove some of those. Like, it, it's literally like three or four lines from this movie that I feel like they could just like they didn't need we didn't need to go there like and yeah I I agree but otherwise yeah there really isn't anything that I outside of that that I could say that I like dislike about this movie yeah I think the good thing with this movie in particular because it's so short I think it's like a little less than 90 minutes is they Mm -hmm. don't waste any moment like there isn't a scene that doesn't have a point yeah it's got a great pace it's just I love that it's, like, fully set on Halloween, so it is, like, such a great movie to watch this time of year, because you just, like, it helps you, like, feel spooky, like, just the whole, like, setting, whereas, like, even, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas, it, like, dabbles in Christmas, so while it is, like, kind of, like, spooky, like, this one very decidedly feels, like, spooky season, it's, like, scary and witchy it, it's just i feel like this is what you want when you want to watch a halloween movie yes yes for sure well with that being said then um how many cauldrons would you now give it we're doing black flame candles you're right i'm sorry i for some reason heard i, I think because i suggested in the beginning i was like yeah that's what i that's what we said Listen, totally <laughs> yeah black flame candles just kidding how many black flame candles would you give it i think i'm gonna bump it up to like an 8.5 like it's solid. I feel like because of the, the the problematic things, I can't I can't really go much higher. But I I just every time I watch this movie, I love it. So it's a solid eight point five. What about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it at an eight. Like it's it's still solid. It's just as I remember it. Sure, they have the problematic things, but like you, I can't go higher than that just because that. That feels weird to me. So we're just going to leave it at an eight. Yeah, that makes sense. But this kind of transitions us into Hocus Pocus 2, which we're not going to do a full recap. But did you have any expectations of it? Because oh, I say math is really so 1993, 20-ish years? It's like 20-ish years, right? Oh my gosh, they say it in the movie, which also drove me nuts, but they said how long it was in the movie. I want to say it was, oh, it's 29 years, because tomorrow, or tomorrow, ne- I said tomorrow, next year is the 30th, which, okay, two things. One, why didn't they just wait until next year to release it? That would be, like, so much better to release it on the 30th anniversary, as opposed to the 29th. Two, um, I didn't really have much expectations um i did know some things about the movie so i have a friend who his boyfriend did the wigs for the sanderson sisters so i knew like a couple of details about the movie and my friend was like hush you can't say nothing and i was like this is so hard like i know what they look like now and i know where like i know what the sets look like and all that because i've been given these photos but the I guess I just, I was hoping that it wasn't going to totally tarnish 
what the first movie was because it's usually what happens. Like, obviously, we know sequels are usually there's like very few movies that sequels are like better or hold up to the original. And I just didn't want it to be so bad that like you like it just tarnished Hocus Pocus in general. Yeah. Um, not, it was not horrible, but it also wasn't the best. Yeah, I went into it. Like, obviously, I was excited when they said they were going to do it. And they got, you know, the main three witches to come back. And, like, it, it's just, I was just like, I'm interested to see kind of what they do and where they go with it. But I really didn't want to have, I didn't want my expectations to be too high, which I feel like, I feel like was a benefit because I really... I didn't do much research. I didn't know much about like what the story was going to be until I kind of saw like the first trailer. And even then I stayed kind of like far away from like really knowing anything about it. But I was super hesitant because like you, as you said, a lot of like when, especially when it's been like this long, you just like worry that it's like, well, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it right? Are they going to is it going to live up to the original? Is it going to mess up everything the original did in terms of the story? Like there's just so many things and we've seen so many that are not good. So I was hesitant to set my expectations too high. And I'm glad that I did that because I actually really enjoyed it. I thought the new one was fun. Continuity. I feel like I need to watch it again because I feel like there's some things that maybe like continuity wise they didn't quite get like right mm-hmm. on par. But I don't feel like I feel like because the first one also is not the best with like continuity. So I feel like I I enjoyed it. I would probably be like Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus too. Like I don't think it's one that I'm never gonna go back and revisit. But I don't mm-hmm. think I will ever like it as much as the original yeah it was like for me like the big things was just i mean i wasn't super invested in max and allison and danny anyways but like Mm -hmm. i cared a little bit more i just didn't care about these kids like that was just the part that sucked was i'm like i get that they're supposed to be like they're the driving force just like in the first one like whatever but i just i didn't care like i felt like the sanderson sisters like if you eliminated the kids it could just been any kids in general i would have been fine like, I did, there wasn't anything about them that made me be like, this is important. Um, I also, like, I like the tie back to the original movie, but I also kind of like, how did he make a black flame candle? How did he just be like, I've imbued it with magic. You don't have magic. So, like, h- how? Like, I get that you made a candle and, like, it looks like the original one, but, like, I could dis- I could suspend my disbelief a little bit. I, I think it's Cassie is the name of the witch in the movie. I want to say Cassie. She, like, because she is a witch, like, that makes sense that it, like, I could suspend it a little bit to be, like, because she's a witch and she lit the, fa- like, the candle, that's why it worked. But I just, I, I don't know. I kind of got the impression, I got, like, I got the impression that, see how, that he has somehow used the book to do it because the book, which, um, I thought it was interesting in this one that it's like, I mean, you kind of saw it in the first one where the book is, it kind of has the ability to kind of like do things, but it definitely became much more like forefront in this one. And so I feel like he probably used the book somehow to figure out how to do that. The waters are kind of murky, but I like that the book got a choice with which witch it wanted to choose. 
Exactly. Okay, I will say, oh, the last thing. One thing, one last thing that, like, sincerely bothered me was they do not eat children. They suck the lives out of children. And they kept saying, I eat children. I eat blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't. You literally have never said you eat children. You literally say, I suck the lives out of children. Yeah, they don't actually eat them. Um, I didn't actually notice that. But, no, I, I definitely agree. Like, the main children characters... I didn't really feel any strong, like, attachment or affinity to the, obviously, the Sanderson's sisters coming back, like, was the highlight of the movie. I thought it was funny. I thought they did a good job of kind of bringing their characters back and still, like, having the same kind of energy. Like, I mean, clearly they're all a lot older. And, like, some of the jokes that they made with, like, obviously are, like, modern-day skincare routines. I, again, they had a musical number, which was great. Yeah, too. I was say, what was the second one? Well, the first one is when they're saying, like, who are they singing for? And that's when Sarah scares them and says, you. And then they have the one where, mm. uh, at the festival. Yeah, okay. I say the other one must have been, like, a little smaller. I only watched it at once. But... Yeah, it definitely, I'm like trying to remember I had another, another thought. Oh, like the ending I thought was really interesting with them basically like going after this spell that like makes them all powerful, but then that spell takes what Winifred values the most, which as we find out is her sisters. And I just thought that was like, because the whole, like basically the whole two films, you like think, like obviously she cares about them. But she kind of is always like, well, you're the bane of my existence. But then, like, when it all comes down to it, they were actually the things that she, like, valued the most. So I did really like that part of the movie. I got a little teary-eyed. I, the only thing that's starting to bother me about Disney, and I agree that, like, familial love is important, but ever since Frozen, that's all their movies is about now. And I'm just like, yes, like, it's important. But, like, someone made the point the other day, we have not had, like, an actual evil Disney villain since, like, Tangled. Like, Hans is kind of, sort of, but not really. Like, he's just a power-hungry, mean dude. But, like, we don't have, like, a real Disney villain in forever. We just have, like, familial trauma is the bad guy. Or generational trauma is the bad guy. And I'm like, no. Like, that's what made me kind of, like, I just, I'm not going to lie, I rolled my eyes a little bit when, like, that's how Winifred died. I'm just like, I, like, it is really sentimental and great that, like, yes, at the end of the day, you think that she didn't care about her sisters as much. And, like, she, because I thought so, too. I was like, oh, she's going to be like, I'm an all-powerful witch now. I don't need my sisters. So, like, blah, blah. But, like, that was, like, great. But, like, just seeing her, like, I don't know, I don't I don't feel like Winifred would have begged teenagers to fix her problem. I feel like she was like, I'm an all-powerful witch now. I could figure this out on my own. Probably. So that's the only part that, like... I mean, I guess because the book did choose the other witches, so, like, she's begging... I think she's more begging the book for the answer, but it's just more of, like, ugh, I don't know. I get the one side, and yes, and all that. I just... I guess it's because I'm just like, I just want evil people again. Like, just be evil. Like, can we just... <laughs> Can we just have <laughs> villains again instead of them always being redeemed by like generational or familial trauma? Yeah, no, I I get it. I've talked about this with some friends that Disney, I love what Frozen did. We're going to talk about the Frozen films next, which 
teaser for not the next episode, but the episodes after we're going to talk about Frozen, which will be amazing. And I love, I love what Frozen did. Yes. I, it, for its time, it was so different. And for it to continue into Frozen 2 makes complete sense. But I agree that because that was like so like groundbreaking and different, um, like Disney has moved away from the definitive, like, this is the villain, this is the bad guy, this is the person who are people are going up against that will die in the end because that's what happens to villains. And you're right. I do just want just an evil, an evil Disney villain to come in and and save us. I didn't mind it in this, but I do think it is a trend that Disney is doing. And I don't know when it's going to end because even with like Raya, like they had the the purpley blobbly things. Yes. I don't remember don't remember what they were called. But they weren't even really like a villain. They were more like a threat to all of them. And again, it was about healing this nation. And then obviously you have Encanto, which there's not really a villain. Coco had a villain, I guess you could say. Ernesto. But Yeah. I mean like I I will give you that one. Like Coco kind of does have like the evil villain that has to die at the end. I mean he doesn't die, he just gets He's already dead, so you can't kill him again. But like, but I mean, I get you. You are right. Ernesto is, I guess, a villain that we can we can kind of put in that category. But yeah, I'm just I'm a little over having to be like Disney wanting you to cry at every single Disney movie. Um, like for being like, oh my god, they did like they do have a heart, or oh my god, that's not what I thought of. That like I like that's good that we've had that. And Frozen was really great at having that. And the familial, like, love is more powerful than, like, romantic love. But I'm just, I, I'm just starting to get frustrated with it. I get it. But, like, Tangled, you still have that, like, emotional, like, Mother Gothel literally falls off the tower. But then you have that moment where it's like, Eugene is going to die. And you're just like sobbing because Eugene is going to die. Yes. Well, that's different. I mean, that's different. <laughs> I say you can still have those emotional crying moments. Yes. In those movies. I mean, I mean, for the bad guys, I mean. Oh, oh. Like, I mean, like the emotional, like the be feeling bad for the villain. Got it. Yeah. Like the, the, the villain gets like a redemption. Yeah. I feel like yes. a lot. But even, like, Marvel has kind of done that a little bit with some of their movies. Like, with, like, Shang-Chi, where it's, like, his father is, like, the villain, but then he kind of... It, it, it's interesting. And I just want I just want big baddies, like Thanos and Hela, who just want to come in and mess everything up and just, like, be evil for the sake of being evil. And there's no redemption for them. Sometimes we just exactly. want, Sometimes we just want that in a story. And I get that. We've, we've completely side-road and we're focused focus yes. too. Well, but- like, okay, so basically I, like, yes, it got me, like, sad for Winifred when she was starting to cry, but I'm also like, ew, why am I watching Winifred Sanderson? Like, Winifred Sanderson cry. Like, why? Like, great acting. Good job, Bette Midler. But, like, again, why am I watching Winifred Sanderson cry? I would much rather her be more angry and, like, try to still take the book or then like, like that would even, that would have been amazing is that she like is angry that the book doesn't want her. And so she like disappears. And so there's still the looming threat of Winifred Sanderson and she's going to find a way to get her sisters back. 
like that would have like if they're gonna make a third one, which they kind of alluded to in the end credit scene, is this another black flame candle? Who is making who's making these black flame candles? We need to have a talk with them. We do need to have a talk. I'm like, oh my god. And the fact that he's like, the Sanderson sisters are misunderstood. Tell me how. How? It's pretty cut and dry. They want to live forever, so they they kill children to live forever. No, That's they suck so their souls out. They don't kill them, they suck their souls out. Well, they suck the life force. So, like, they lose their life, so they die. So, like, regardless, they kill children by sucking their souls out. But, like, what's what's so what's so they're mis they're misinterpreted? And again, he's if this is the case, I don't know why I'm getting so heated up about this. If this is the case with Winston watching the Sanderson sisters die that day, then why is he like? Oh my god, like, they're just so misunderstood when she's literally trying to kill Max. He watches Winifred try to kill Max. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't understand. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> I wish I could, but um, I was not in the writer's room, so can't, can't help just, you there. <laughs> like, I felt like it was such a good, it was a Ryan Murphy moment of like, we have an idea, and we got this idea rolling, and then as we go through it, we're like, you know what? Why not do this for the sake of doing it? And let's just do this for the sake of doing it. I know. it's. There have been so many times with American Horror Story. It starts out, and I'm like, this is great. Episode one, love it. Episode two, okay, cool. Then by like episode three or four, he's like, okay, but now there's this other thing. And I'm like, we don't need, we don't need that. We don't need that. We just, you yeah. could just kept going the way that you were going. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. It probably would have even been better than what you decided to do. Yeah. Um, I will, last thing about Hocus Pocus 2, poor Billy Butcherson, who's been underground awake this entire time. Like, poor dude. And he's not even in a coffin. He's just had dirt piled on top of him. So, like, poor Billy Butcherson. Justice for Billy Butcherson. He should have gone to live in those catacombs like Binks did. He should have, because then you know what? He, then he could have been partying it up with Max and Allison. Yeah. You know, but no, apparently Winifred's curse, just like still poor dude too, that he's like, I had one kiss with her in a cemetery and she said that I was her lover. The definition of obsessed. Oh, honestly. And then, but I mean, it's still really messy of him that he like then kissed Sarah. Well, yes, obviously, but we know that Sarah uh, just blazed. It blazed. I oh my god! I didn't get that one part. That one part that Sarah did, I I almost stood up and cheered when she's like, "I am a loyal sister. I am smarter than you give me credit for." Like when she stood up for herself, I was like, "Go off, Sarah Sanderson. Go off. You deserve it." I say, just because we're a little kooky doesn't mean that we're like not there for everyone because we are. I just I loved it. I loved watching her just be like. I can do this too. <laughs> yes. I love Sarah. Oh, okay. So how many black flame candles would you do you give Hocus Pocus to? I'm giving it a six out of ten. <laughs> I'm gonna go like six point seven five. <laughs> it will it will <laughs> Well I should get you to the quarters now. <laughs> like it's not quite at a seven because it's definitely nowhere near the first one. But it's like it's still good. It's entertaining. Like I will definitely keep watching it. There you go. 
Well, we've done it. We've now done our spooky episode. Yes. So next week is our, it, not next, two weeks. I always I always say next week and then I'm like, no, we're not talking for two weeks. But we've, we've been doing this for a whole year, Rod. That's nuts. Like, who knew that we would be, be doing this a year later? I thought that when we had talked about it, it was going to be, we're going to try it out, see if it worked. And then I thought... Honestly, I thought during the Star Wars, you were going to be like, I can't anymore. I'm done. Like, it's too much Star Wars. And I'll never see the, I never see the light of day after Star Wars. But we're here. We did it. We did it. No, I say it's so much fun. I just really love talking about stuff like this, even though I will admit Star Wars, there's like a bit in the middle there where it's like, we were, I think it was during the Mandalorian. Where I was like, this is, this is a lot. We gotta get through this. I can do it. I can do it. It's gonna be me with Marvel. It's gonna be me with Marvel. <laughs> I said we're breaking it up so it like is not terrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna get. To, listen, by the time we get to like Captain America: The First Avenger for uh, like Phase One, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, we've gone through two Iron Man movies and a Thor movie. And I would say, no, we're watching them chronologically, so we get to start with Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, okay, so there we go. Never mind then. So, since we're doing it chronologically, then cool, cool. It's gonna be a little bit different. <laughs> I say, which is actually really fun if you've never watched them chronologically, it's the best. I've not. Movie. It's the best viewing experience because it's like you've like Captain America, the first Avenger, then you get to jump to Captain Marvel and then you go kind of like Iron Man and it helps like break up some of them. So it'll be fun. (laughs) I say I, my goal is to find everything that dates every single Marvel movie because. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're never listen. living this down. You are never listen. living this down. Listen. La, 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 listen, Linda. <laughs> listen, Linda. This is why I was upset with Hocus Pocus 2, where they're like, <laughs> it's been 29 years. I was like, you just dated the movie. Like, they never said it was... Oh, okay, they did, like, when they said it's been 300 years. But like, To the day. To the day. To the day. They do say that. But, like, I don't think about the date necessarily in Hocus Pocus. And then the same thing with, like, what drove me nuts, too, with Star Wars, where they're like, it's been 47 years. And I'm like, you just dated the movie by saying how long it's been since A New Hope. Like, why? Okay, so clearly you don't like when things are dated. um, And I'm excited to point out every single thing (laughs) that dates the Marvel movies now. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. So excited about this. (laughs) Well, with that being said, how can people find you on the internet, Carolyn? (laughs) You can find me at the the, the tiniest Avenger <laughs> with underscores between each word. You know what? Go go DM her and talk to her about when Marvel dates itself. And you can find me at Robbie's World with an H. And if you want to follow the podcast, it's Disney Geeks the Pod. Bye. Bye. <laughs>